0: Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. Dr. Gray obtained his master's in both acupuncture and oriental medicine from the Atlantic Institute of Oriental Medicine. Dr. Gray enjoys both being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him
1: abroad to lecture in Germany and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and France. He is co-author of several books on food therapy. His office is in Jupiter, Florida, where he has practiced for over a decade and where he resides. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray.
0: Welcome back, everyone. This is Maximum Health Radio, quality living. Yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray. Thank you for joining us every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard on 88.9 FM, WQCS. That is NPR, National Public Radio of the Treasure Coast. We're also available via uh, Apple iTunes Podcasts, uh, so you can subscribe, and uh, you'll be notified every week when we release a new show with a new guest. For your benefit and I'm so fortunate to always be in the studio with amazing guests and sometimes it's on the phone when they're out of state or out of country. Um, today I'm fortunate to be in the studio with our guest and who's a brilliant rising star um, uh, I mean she's a star and she's I think she's still rising because she's been around for some time uh, she's a psychotherapist and we're here to talk about the current state of families, um, young adults, uh... just just what she's been seeing in her profession as a psychotherapist specializing in uh, individuals with eating disorders uh... drug addictions couples with relationship issues which i think all of these we can all agree out there are on the rise mm-hmm. and um, so as a healer i'm always looking for solutions i'm always looking to learn more uh, not only to benefit my patients but to benefit myself my family because um, we are, none of us, immune to these issues. So thank you, Jessica Dell, for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Ken. Thank <laughs> you for having me on the show. Yes.
0: So as I said, you're rising star because you're young. I mean, you're yep. young and amazing. And <laughs> your presence, you. our conversations thus far have really been enlightening to me. So I'm so happy to join you know, with you today. For Feeling is mutual. Our listen- listeners, yeah. <laughs> so what got you into psychotherapy?
1: Um, that's an easy answer. My mom was a licensed clinical social worker and, um, she had a private practice as we were growing up and I would always listen to her on the phone with her clients late at night, hearing the conversations, feeling like she was really doing something that made a difference and that was very inspiring to me and then of course as i got older and older um, year after year i had more and more struggles and realized that i um, was not invincible and not perfect Mm -hmm. and had the same struggles that so many young women do and so many young people do and um, going through all of those struggles and overcoming them made me just want to help people that much more.
0: Mm, I love that. Yeah. I want to get back to the illusion of invincibility in a second, because I think that that is one of the great pitfalls mm-hmm. of, yeah, I um, agree. many, a uh, household and parenting and so forth. This, this, illusion that we like to not only place on ourselves, and weight that we place on ourselves, but that we like to construct for those that we want to admire us. Um, That being said, before we get back to that topic, I want to ask, why not psychology or psychiatry?
1: Again, another easy answer, I hated school. That was another one of my struggles Mm. growing up, and I think something that actually helps me now with my clients. Um, learning was not the easiest thing for me. I did struggle in school from elementary on. And so paying attention, focusing, retaining information, that was something that didn't come easy to me. And so I had to learn skills and work really because h- medication was not something that I could take. I could not use Medication, like other kids did, to help them focus. Why was didn't, that? It didn't work for me. Just didn't work I had out. terrible side effects. Okay, yeah, and it I'm really seeing more of that as well. Mm-hmm. That's become a
0: great issue. Yeah. Uh, because it used yeah. to be that children were heavily medicated, and that was the answer. And now there's some that can't, which thankfully is the case because it yeah. really wasn't the answer. It was just right. It's a method. It was a method, but not the answer.
1: Right, and um, I would agree that it was better for me not to have had it as a crutch or as a method because it helped me become stronger and learn tools that I wouldn't have otherwise learned to, I guess, overcome challenges. To um, live life.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be an active yeah. participant in life. Yes. Which is, that's yes. really what we're uh Yes. Getting to the root of here. Yes. Um,
2: yes.
0: So now, the illusion that we place on ourselves of being invincible, you came to that crossroads where you said, "Okay, I am not invincible." And then you wanted to find a way not only to help yourself but to help others. And you wanted to do this with a, with open eyes, open mind, and open heart. Right. Versus being overly medicated. Right. So, so what are some of the skills that you? you know, used to do this and as well as help others?
1: Skills to do this for myself? As well as help others. I mean, because psychotherapy Mm -hmm. is
0: such a broad term, right? Psycho meaning mental, I guess, and therapy is therapeutic. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so And it's
1: a very broad term, right? Because there's everything from sitting at the beach and just listening to the sound of the ocean that's therapeutic to going to see somebody like yourself for Mm. acupuncture or going to get a massage right or maybe going and sitting in a psychotherapist's office and talking for an hour Mm. um so there's so many different ways that we can think about therapy um what I found is that going through my own um, my own journey and being in therapy myself and going through the process of letting other people help me help myself with a real willingness, that was enough to actually make a lasting change. There was no point well one thing I learned is there's no point in going and talking to somebody about what you're struggling with if you don't actually want help with what mm, you're struggling with such a if good you point. just want to keep doing the same thing right, yeah. and you know you're only going because your mom told you to or your spouse told you to or your brother' sister cousin told you to your boss told you to, that's great that you're maybe trying to do something for somebody else. Mm-hmm but it's not actually gonna make a difference most likely because your intention is to just keep doing the same thing. Right. So when you've made the decision that you don't like your s- current situation anymore, you don't like the feeling that you feel or the effects of what you're doing, then that's when change can begin. And so I think what I realize is as soon as I just really, really was sick and tired of being sick and tired, then all the gates opened. Mm. Life was different. Like 100% as I knew it, life became different. It became a playground versus a place that I was just surviving. Right. And and that's how it is today. It's my playground. And Mm. I get to try different things every day. And it's the same with my clients. I don't believe that anybody should just... Um, have a, a one size fits all treatment program because I didn't have that. And that would have never worked for me. And I believe that we're all so unique and so different and our likes and dislikes are so different. Cultures are so different um, that we have to be really flexible and maybe creative, and think Mm -hmm. outside the box in terms of what therapy is and what therapy can be. And what it needs to be for us. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. I love that about it.
0: So couples, Mm -hmm. you know, you've seen your share and will continue to. And where are we now with relationships? Because, you know, it's funny. I'm asking that question um, in my next Star Talk, which is coming in February, February 8th, Uh at the Norton Museum of Art. Um, And uh, so I am asking that question because I feel that we are in a time and an area where none of us are really sure what a relationship equals, mainly because we're not really sure what we equal as human beings in this time. Why is that? Because technology is such a huge you know uh, part of our daily lives interaction culpability responsibility for words uh, one-on-one conversation while looking at someone's eyes rather than at a phone is as many of us sit at restaurants and see that this is different, the pairing of people via apps. (laughs) I mean, you know, um, dealing with meaningful situations in the home between husband and wife being dealt with via texting. Yep. Or with children, you know. So, So what are you seeing with couples and how are you dealing with this?
1: Oh, it's such a challenge, but it's a fun one. I really enjoy the couples that I work with Mm -hmm. and um, I love how dynamic people are. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting. Um, One thing that I was reading actually just this morning, I was reading about um, divorce rates and the newest ideas for what is causing the increase in divorce rates. And um, it's definitely, it, it's staggering. The yeah. numbers are staggering. Um, it's hard
0: to find a couple that have been together, the first, like married, right? first marriage, and right. are still together right. after so average, 10 years or whatever. Right, so the <laughs> yeah.
1: average length, this is what I was reading this morning, the average length of a... Marriage is seven years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's, to me, that's astounding. Yeah. yeah um, that's that's the new norm. <laughs> right. That used the to be like, oh, Sally and Jim are
0: divorced. Years. They're the yeah. anomaly. They're the, the house at the end of the street. I can't believe they got divorced. You just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Now it's, oh, yeah someone else got divorced, someone else. That's the norm. Of course they're divorced. Of course this is their second or third marriage. That's just the norm.
1: Yep, and so I think one of of my thoughts and one thing I see with my couples is that when they do make that, when they do make that choice Mm -hmm. to take their relationship to the next level, get married, um, say their vows, um, something so, so sacred, has actually been dumbed down Mm -hmm. it is no longer this sacred um till death do us part experience it is till i meet somebody better Mm -hmm. (laughs) till i get really frustrated till Mm -hmm. you don't do what i want you to do and i get so mad that Mm -hmm. i pull the d card Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm just so it seems like it's been so simplified to uh, like overly simplified to a point where people are just not afraid anymore to to say I'm gonna leave you right um and and because it's become so normalized and mainstream to be separated or have a divorce or raise um kids as a single parent um there's just I think there's like a lack of fear involved Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit of that invincibility that we were talking about before where it's like everybody just knows they're gonna be fine and we all have this grass is greener syndrome where we think we're gonna be better Mm -hmm. not just fine but better so like if I make this decision something better is gonna be on the other side of it
0: which is not always the case Rarely is, the case. <laughs> yeah. rarely is it. Typically case. not. Yeah. rarely is it. Typically not. Yeah. So um, what is the number one issue when dealing with couples right now? The what way are you so
1: the way that they communicate, it all comes down to communication. communication. Okay. A hundred percent communication. Yeah. And I think technology is one of the greatest factors in that. People mm-hmm. are texting. you know, husbands and wives. As great as it can be, because it can help us communicate throughout the day and keep us in touch.
0: Reminders of grocery items would be nice, not like significant situations that need real connection.
1: Exactly. And so people are speaking via text versus in person about things that are very serious. and. Um, you can't hear tone. You can't see body language. You can't feel the other person's energy. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of miscommunication, lack of interpretation. Um, it's just what well, well, I guess at the end of the day, it's like anything else. Life is all about perception. It's right. not what it is. It's as we perceive it. Right. So when you're just texting your partner something as serious as um you know i i think we need to discuss something really important later about the kids right because so and so da da, and then all of a sudden you know you're left with this anxiety Mm
0: -hmm, mm yeah i get it
1: until you have that conversation
0: and you just can't do that don't do that i don't like being left with a, like an, a question mark in anything like i like mm-hmm. to deal with it right now right or don't bring it up <laughs> right yeah it's right. uh, it's it's disheartening and it makes right. you uh, you lose focus right. and you're not as productive with your day when you right. could be
1: or how about if you're in the middle of your work day and you receive yeah. a text from your significant other oh. that says i'm really mad at you right now
0: mm-hmm. yeah like that's ridiculous. that's commonplace yeah that happens it's childish all day though yeah.
1: That's what I see all the time is people just send these quick but hurtful messages.
0: And they just do it to jar, not to find a solution, not to resolve. And, you know, so that reminds me of this morning even, you know, before I was rushing to come here. But Mm -hmm. um, my wife texted me something and she says, if I texted that to you, you would have felt such and such. I immediately called her. Mm He says, no, honey, I didn't want you to feel that way. I just wanted you to know that I I might be a little bit late. You are my priority. And I want you to know that, but that I might be a little bit late. And she's like, oh, well, I just don't want you to rush around. I don't want you. I said, don't worry about me rushing around. You're my priority. I will move things for you. I just want you to know I might be a little late. (laughs) You know, so so these sort of reassurances that we need. Mm Mm-hmm. We need them because you're entrusting your heart and your well-being to your spouse once you say those vows.
1: Right.
0: I think a lot of couples don't realize that that needs to be their priority. They're putting work, family matters outside of the home and even in the home. Right. They they can be important, but not as important as your partner because that's your help me. That's your your other self. Absolutely. So if you don't prioritize that person, of course, things are going to fall and fall away. Absolutely. so, that being said, now you have the couples, and some of these couples are parents. Yes, yes. And with these young adults that you're treating, one of the things we spoke about was eating disorders mm-hmm. and drug addiction. hmm Now, one of the comments you said to me when we were talking about it, I said, what's are pretty much the same thing?
1: Yeah, I think so. So, touch on that. Okay, so uh, when I say they're pretty much the same thing, what I mean is that they're both... They're both a form of addiction. They're both compulsive thoughts and behaviors that make us feel out of control. Mm. Not to say we may not have a false sense of control when we're in the middle of it, but it is a out of control, um, life changing very destructive issue no matter whether it's that I can't stop eating chocolate for hours and hours and hours because it's making me feel better in the moment. It's distracting me from my problems or I'm drinking starting at 10 a.m., you know, drinking alcohol starting at 10 a.m. to deal with the way that I feel throughout the day, to deal with my anxiety throughout the day, or whether I'm, you know, using um, pills or any other type of drug to mask my underlying issues and to not deal and to just numb out. It's all a form of coping and numbing, and it becomes compulsive no matter what your vice is so whether it's an eating disorder or a drug addiction or maybe um internet i mean we're seeing now more than ever people on their phones none stop to the point where it's compulsive Mm -hmm. we can't put them down yeah
0: it's very, it's it's hard to watch, and it's also hard to manage, and it's hard to be self-disciplined mm-hmm. because the access is there. Mm-hmm. And that's a k- talk I have with my kids. That's a talk I have with myself, mm-hmm. um, that we need to just be self-disciplined and realize that reality is real and mm-hmm. the phone is not such. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it does seem like more than ever, we're all looking for a way to escape to reality. Escape. Yeah. And Distraction. I think that's a result of anxiety yeah. people more than ever now are focused on not so there's a whole movement towards mindfulness and being mm, present yes, yes, but, absolutely. but i think our young people especially our younger generation is fighting that mm-hmm. they don't want to be present mm. they don't want to be mindful they don't want to be in the moment because the present is scary. Right. The present is anxiety provoking.
0: Or they were not taught by their parents who also are distraction also uh, oriented and you know like to escape oriented. They were never taught by their parents how to cope so they grew up on video games and television yeah. and phones. Right. And so their social aptitude Whereas yes. it would have been developed with sports. I've right. heard that several times. Oh, Johnny, we, you know, we tried sports. He didn't like it. He didn't like the coach. Mm-hmm. The coach yelled at him and he just decided that he didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I look yep. at them like, like what? <laughs> Ad, you're like, Ads. what are you like? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, how did like m- my son, you know, recently we had this conversation of he's 14 He's about to turn 15. And he's done sports and so on and so on, but I felt as his father watching him grow that swimming was his, one of his callings. Cause of how he, you know, just when he raises his siblings, he's just lengths ahead and he's shaped like it. So I took him and I said, son, I just want you to try out for me, trust me. I think this is, you're gonna find something special here. And, he's, and he was, uh, felt really, he, he wasn't confident in his body yet. Cause he's at that age, that in between mm-hmm. age. And he looked at the swimmers who were older than him and had these swimmer bodies and says, Dad, you know, I, I need to wear a shirt. And You know, he's, he's telling me all these things and excuses why he doesn't want to try out. And so, but we finally got to just trust me, do it. And then he goes and he hides in the bathroom and he's there for like 10 minutes before meeting the coach. And I go in the bathroom and I look at him and I says, you're going to try out today and you're going to do this and you're going to put your best foot forward. You're going to put your shoulders back, keep your chin up. You're going to shake your coach's head, Thank you, uh, hand and tell him, thank you for letting me do this. And if you don't do it, your life is going to change. Because <laughs> you're old enough now where you need to understand that there's two things. I'm never going to ask you to do more than your best. And I'm never going to ask you to do anything that's bad for you. So, we're going to do this? Yeah, Dad. <laughs> he does it. The coach, he does his lengths and what have you. And then he comes back and after it, and the coach tells him how you know, good he is and all yeah. that. And he gives me a big hug He said, thank you for pushing me.
1: That's awesome.
0: Now, I was a bad guy. You know, at first, I was forceful, Mm -hmm. I was angry. There was some yelling involved and all that and threats. In the end, of course, I turned to mush. (laughs) 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 Because uh, they know. They know that that's really what is the deal. Now, I'm not sure a lot of that's going on between the parents and the kids. And so these eating disorders, social anxieties, all these things, if they don't have that opportunity to rise the occasion, they never have the opportunity to grow.
1: Absolutely,
0: And that's part of maturing, right? Yep. That's maturing in relationships and yep. in teens and in all yeah. of this. And it sounds like that's what's happening when you're sitting there talking with these people because of what you did
2: mm-hmm.
0: and how you had the opportunity mm-hmm. to grow through some of your shortcomings. You're now able to share that I with hope your so. patients.
1: I hope so. Yeah. That's what I'm aiming for.
0: How do people get in touch with you?
1: Um, so my website is thedellcenter.com. Yeah. You can call me anytime. My phone number is 561-227-9007. They can get in touch with me almost any day, any time, because one of the things I pride myself on trying to be, at least, is um, very available and flexible, but with boundaries, of course. Mm -hmm. I still have a life and a family. Mm but i try to get back i know that when people reach out they're reaching out because they are ready for some help good and so i will always get back to you as quickly as possible
0: one in the last couple minutes that we have one inspiring tip for couples out there listening
1: speak less listen more
0: One inspiring tip for young adults out there listening with struggling with issues.
1: It's important to have the wisdom and the courage to know the difference between something that is going to make your life horrible or something that's going to make your life better. Mm. Every bad thing is a good thing, we just don't know what that thing is yet. So when you're going through something that feels horrible, I hope that they can have the wisdom and the courage to see it through, to know that it's going to become a good thing eventually.
2: Mm.
0: Brilliant, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for all the people that you help, have helped, will help. <laughs> and I hope our listeners have enjoyed this segment of Maximum Health, Quality Living. This has been Jessica Dell, psychotherapist, and uh, we'll see you next time. Do you
2: remember when you looked in the water and saw your reflection that ended? They drew out a map and they showed you direction Your center It's far in the east Where your heart is at peace when you enter My love is just a reminder, find your center My love is just a reminder, find your center My love is just a reminder My love is just a reminder, find your center well help me recall that first morning, sunlight at dawn and cracks on the floor. Well, it served as a warning. Everything's changing, I'll rearrange it. So familiar, so amazing. Hopped in the car, drove to the mountains, cows in the street, prayer beads you a and There was the river.